0: 21st Century Entrepreneurship, with Martin Piskorik. Why storytelling is such a massively important part of all communication, not just for business or sales, but just on a day-to-day communication. Number one is because... People respect and connect to empathetic people, and empathetic people understand that it's not about us, it's not about the person talking, it's about it's about other people, it's about listening, it's about understanding the journey that someone else is going on, the trials, the tribulations that they're going through in their life. If you connect this idea of, of storytelling to communication, you understand that a story has an arc. It starts at a low state and then it goes to a high state. And then there's some state of realization or conflict. And then ultimately there's a resolve or there's a need for resolve. If you analyze the idea of storytelling and you apply it to all of your communication, whether it's having a phone conversation or recording a social media video or sending a dub video message or doing a YouTube video, people like the zero to zero to hero story arc. But remember, don't make it about you, make it about them. You know, that's the key. It's making our storytelling about other people, not about ourselves, right? It's really important. Well, I think that I learned how to tell stories from my father. I'd be in the back of a cab with my dad growing up traveling or just run around town and he would just always start a conversation with strangers. Right. And you know, it's interesting because we were a lot of us are brought up to not talk to strangers. Don't talk to strangers. Right. But if you're in business or sales or entrepreneurship or partnerships or any, any type of any type of role where you have to communicate with human beings, you need to be able to talk to strangers. <laughs> you know, in fact, talking to strangers is probably the most valuable skill set that you can learn you know, as a CEO or as a salesperson or as an entrepreneur. So I think that, you know, when it comes to studying the craft of storytelling, you really wanna make sure that you're concise with the story that you tell. You always understand what the person is going through, the mood that they're in, what they're connecting to, how they're gonna relate to this story. And then you always wanna provide a middle, a a beginning, a middle, and an end that has some sort of, of a sense of arc to it. So if you listen, if you, if you listen to good jokes, there's a setup for the joke, there's the punchline, and then there's like the throwaway line. If you, if you look at a magic trick, you know, here's the setup, here's the reveal, and then here's the prestige, you know, there's all any type of arc always has these two or three different elements. So, so practice your storytelling and see, and ask yourself, if I was telling this story to myself, would I be interested? Would I be engaged? because ultimately storytelling is, is what connects human beings. That goes, that's 100,000, 200,000 years old, you know, early, early humans, whatever they look like, whoever they are around campfires, were sharing stories in the language that, these, that they spoke. And that's what connected human beings. So if you're not telling stories, you're not making connections with humans. one of the things that people love to hear about with entrepreneurship is the is the is the story arc, you know, how you go from zero to hero. And um, you know, there's this idea that, you know, there's a, everyone talks about failure and how failure is such an important part um, you know, everyone talks about failure and how it's such an important part of the entrepreneurship process. And um, a lot of people don't talk about the a lot of people are not honest unfortunately. You know, a lot of the information that we receive on Social media is sort of the glamorized version of what it means to be an entrepreneur. And we sort of hide our war stories. You know, it just sort of, everyone looks like an overnight sensation on the internet. (laughs) And um, it's the farthest thing from the truth. And, And it's concerning, you know, for young entrepreneurs that haven't really gone through the process, And, um, you know, they might think that entrepreneurship is actually a very easy thing because they see people doing it all over the internet. In fact, the most popular thing right now on TikTok, um, is, is like side hustles, right? And, and the way that these videos are, they're like 60 seconds and it shows here's how to make 10,000 to $50,000 a month with your side hustle. And then it shows like three screens and you sign up for this and you do this and you use this AI and you use this avatar and you use this thing. And all of a sudden you're making like 10 to $50,000 a month in like a side hustle. And it, and I look at those and I, and the other day I saw one and, and he's like, here's how to start a SaaS company in, you know, seven days and make 90% profitability and ten ten to $50,000 per month in income. And it went viral and I'm like. This is the information that's getting propagated on the internet. This is the information that young people are are listening to, and thinking that this is what it means to be an entrepreneur. And meanwhile, I look at my life and I'm like, God, the, the destruction that I've caused. You know, the relationships that I've destroyed. You know, the um, the risk that I put myself in, and then I put my family in. You know the amount of money that i that i wasted and the amount of mental health that i went through you know um it ain't pretty it ain't it ain't easy being cheesy as they say in america it ain't easy being cheesy listening is the most important thing that you can do, right? Listening is the absolute most important thing that you can do to be successful and to be intelligent. And, um, still to this date, I've done a bunch of podcasts in my life still to this date. I never feel hundred percent comfortable talking <laughs> on a podcast. I'd always prefer to actually listen so that I can learn. <laughs> and in fact, that's why I started my podcast connection loop. So I could do what you do, which is not talk much and let the other person talk so that I can listen and learn. Um, But since you invited me here and we're together, I'll share my story just in the interest of trying to hopefully help people that have gone, that are going through the process, the entrepreneurship process, the starting process, the catalyst process of building their own business, scaling their business, not growing, but scaling. And we'll talk about what the difference is between growth and scale later, Um, and really getting to a place where they have balance and they have happiness in their life. Because the last thing you want is a bunch of money uh, with you in your coffin. (laughs) How many CEOs say that they wake up at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, you know, there's, that's a common thing, right? And if you look, if you actually do the research, I don't think it helps you to wake up at four or five o'clock in the morning. You know, if you're taking, if you find yourself irritable at night to the point where your, your family upsets you. If you're not able to spend quality time with your friends, your family in the evenings, because you have this idea that you need to wake up early so that you can maximize your income and put all this money away in a bank account that, and eventually is going to end up in your coffin or a crematorium, depending on your religion, um, it's probably not a good path, you know, and I I don't mean to play with death and, but this is a very real thing. And I've seen it a hundred times before successful people build massive businesses to die at the age of 52. i've seen it i've heard about it i know people you know and it's sad it's really sad in our discussion about balance how do you manage the line between comfort and discomfort especially when facing life's extreme challenges how did you push through okay well I think that there's this very interesting thing um, that happens when you reach a state of consciousness or mindfulness and just just as a clarification, this is a topic and uh, really a whole cosmos. of information that i'm still a student at and i'm still learning this so let's learn this together, Um, but when you get to a place of mindfulness or consciousness. um, All of a sudden, you start to realize a certain type of balance or a certain type of a flow state in your life. And it feels really good. And it's not the, the, the more money that you get does not help you attain this. It's the more conscious that you get. It's the more aware that you get, the more mindful that you get, that helps you to, to attain this, this state. And, and I will also caveat and say that you can never actually fully attain this, unless you dedicate your life to this, you know, like you're a guru and you reach the state of samsara, nirvana, and you know, that that's not attainable for most of us, but that's okay because we can still live a very conscious, very aware, very mindful life where we, you know, enjoy a beer every once in a while um, and make mistakes just like all humans do. Um, But this is really what I want to share. I think for me, what I realized is that I was desperately trying to attain success as an entrepreneur. And when I mean desperate, I mean, the classic forms of desperation like feeling like it's okay to get rejected, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times by investors and by customers, because I was indoctrinated to think that failure or rejection somehow makes you tougher and that it makes you smarter. And that if you actually persevere and go through that, that you are going to receive some sort of success. You know, I actually believed that at one point in my life. And um, it was very, it was very challenging for my mental health. I remember you know, driving around town, you know, trying to convince investors to give me money to start my business and realizing and continuing to stay this comment and actually believing it. I can't start this business until I have investors. I can't start this business until I have customers that are willing to pay me before I start building it. I can't start this business unless I have a chief technology officer. I can't start this business unless I have a head of sales. I can't start this business until I quit my job. I can't start this business until fill in the blank. Okay. Fill in the blank. We all have our, I can't start this business until statement. Okay. But the fact of the matter is that you don't need anything. It, everything is right in front of you. And when I started the process, we didn't, I didn't have a movie production company, an AI, uh, platform, a computer, the size of, um, what used to be in the 1950s, like a massive high rise building in my pocket what I'm talking about is that phone. Because <laughs> now that we have a phone in our pocket, we have literally all of the information that has ever existed in humanity and the ability to create anything that we want with our, with our device, right? So it's very empowering to be an entrepreneurship, to be an entrepreneur right now, right? Very empowering and very, very easy, frankly. Now, of course, with that ease comes the competition. So there is a lot of competition now and everyone's an entrepreneur. If you look on TikTok and Instagram, Everyone's a side hustler. Everyone's an entrepreneur. Everyone's a CEO. Everyone's a founder and everyone's telling you how to get rich. And meanwhile, you don't know what it looks like behind their camera. So, um, you know, there's a couple of things that I think we need to focus on here. Number one is perseverance. Yes, is important. Don't give up, but at the same time, we need to get to a state of positivity where we're putting out light and then we're receiving light in return. Okay. Um, And what I mean by that, let's be very specific here. Okay. What I mentioned, when I mentioned you don't need investors to start your business, here's my classic example of that. There's so many great ideas out there, right? Um, People have these amazing ideas. And the typical thing that people say is, I need investors to go build this so that I can sell it. And I think that what I learned um, from an investor who rejected me, and I'll never forget this meeting because it was very educational for me and it sort of changed my life it was at this panera bread shop in westwood in los angeles and he said i'm not going to invest in your business but here's my best advice for you and he said and i and for the record i don't even think he was a real investor i think he rejects everyone he just enjoys the process (laughs) But, but but um but his advice was this his advice was very sound and his advice was if you're trying to build something and you don't have the capital to be able to build it and ultimately sell it, there's someone else in a parallel industry as yours that is a CEO, that is a founder, that has a budget, and that's looking for an expert to do the market research, to provide the consultation, to give the wise information that they need, that they don't wanna spend their time doing and don't have someone on their team to do, and they're willing to hire someone else to do it. So with this information, what we can do now is we can say, I'm going to build my widget, but at the same time, I'm going to get hired day one by someone to pay me as a consultant. And I'm going to provide information and I'm going to provide a ton of value for them. That way I can make money to pay my bills, to invest into my own business, to maybe network with this person or other people that can eventually become a partner or an investor. And eventually. I don't run out of my savings. I don't die on the runway of entrepreneurship. If I were to write a book on entrepreneurship, it would probably be called runway because most entrepreneurs die on the runway. They run out of capital and they realize, I don't wanna risk my marriage. I don't wanna risk my house. I don't wanna risk my family. I don't wanna risk X, Y my, my daytime job, whatever it may be, you know, my, my hobbies, my weekends, right? And, and, and then they die on the runway. And maybe their idea was the best thing ever. Meanwhile, the people who succeed somehow figured out a, made a, a way to make it work. Now, here's another one. You'll hear a lot of people say, well, I don't come from money. And I don't have someone that's going to invest millions of dollars into my business. So how could I be successful? The people that get rich are the people that already have money. And it's just the rich that get richer. There's statistical evidence that proves this exact thing wrong. Okay. And I can provide a little bit of a summary of what that is. And it's basically a cycle. Successful people breed complacent people, the kids become complacent. They become lazy. They're used to getting everything handed to them. And as a result, they grow up and they don't have to work very hard for things. And frankly, a lot of the times they burn through that capital. It's just gone, right? It's irresponsible and it's gone. Meanwhile, the people that don't come from a lot of resources, they're forced to be very adaptable, very agile. They're they're constantly trying to figure out how to survive with limited amount of resources. And when you apply that skill set to being an entrepreneur, all of a sudden your whole world opens up for you. You realize I don't need to hire someone to build a website. I can go and purchase a WordPress plugin and get a hosting account on DigitalOcean for six dollars and ninety nine cents a month, and I can basically build almost any type of website on WordPress, or I can go build a mobile app through such a massive, large framework of open source technology. Maybe I can use a service like Fiverr. Maybe I can give someone equity in my business to help them build this, to help me build this, and I don't even have to pay for them. So resourcefulness does not come from wealth, resourcefulness comes from limited resources. And I think that if you have limited resources, just remember that is the most important skill set of an entrepreneur. It's not actual, it's not actually access to capital. Let's talk about leap of faith. Let's talk about investors and let's talk about, you know, how to find the appropriate, how to find the appropriate path for us, right? So when we think about taking the leap of faith in entrepreneurship, there's this great, uh, there's this great section of um, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, where he talks about burning the boats. And this is, um, this is a violent story. And so hopefully we can maybe replace this story with another story at some point. Um, But the idea is that General Cortez burned his boats when they tried to come to the new world. And he wanted his, his soldiers and his armies to survive, basically. And he says he, he burned the boats. They had nowhere to go. They literally had only one. They had two choices. Number one was to die or number two was to survive. And they survived. And um, again, this is a violent story. I want to replace this story. So if you have a new story, I'm, I'm very, very willing to hear that. Um, but the the point of the story is that when you remove your net when you res- when you remove your safety zone all of a sudden you trigger something that's that's much larger than us you trigger your sense of survivorship your sense of survive thrive or take a dive right and um, something magical happens because our brain starts to activate our body starts to activate we prioritize different things in different ways, and then all of a sudden we might actually be successful. Now, it's not a guarantee, it's not a sufficiency, but it is a requirement. And this is a very important distinction. A lot of people think that just because I persevere, just because I don't give up means that I'll be successful. Um, Please don't think that because you'll probably end up broke. (laughs) We have to be intelligent, we have to be data driven, we have to listen to our customers. So there's a lot of stuff that we can explore. But at the same time, you know, putting yourself in that very uncomfortable situation is going to activate yourself because we all know someone and we might be that person. And I'm qualified to say that because I was this person for a very long time where I had a cush job. I had a well-paying job as an executive. And if I quit, if I got fired, now all of a sudden I don't get that paycheck. And I can't go on those trips to Napa Valley. And I can't you know, at least the car that I wanted to get, and I can't go on the ski trips and buy the new snowboard with the fancy, you know, Burton snowboard boots. Can't do that, right? I got to gotta be scrappy again. I got to go back to the ramen diet, you know? And, uh, and I remember feeling that feeling, and I said, you know what? This food is not that good. These vacations don't really bring me that much joy. Um, you know, this car that I'm driving effectively just gets me to point A, from point A to point B. What's really the point of why I'm doing, why am I making this money? What is the point of this money? I mean, aside from necessity, like, you know, kids and school and food and shelter and stuff like that, like, what is the other stuff that, that I'm acquiring with this money and is it truly making me happy? And the loud resounding answer was the answer was no, it was not making me happy. And the reason why is because I eventually went to my purpose and I really dug deep, like I went deep into my soul. And I said, why am I here? Why do I exist? What is my reason for living? That's a great French saying. The answer was simple. The answer was, I wanna help people. I really wanna help people overcome their hurdles. I wanna help people to overcome insecurities. I wanna help people to communicate. I wanna help people to build, long-lasting relationships both both personally and professionally i want to help people to put their light out there and magnify their light so that other people can receive it and the way that i manifested this all was realizing that if i could solve my insecurities if i could solve my fears if, if i could solve my challenges the ones that i had where i would be driving around town trying to chase investors convincing them to give me money When I could solve that problem, I could help a lot of people and that's frankly why 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 I decided to build dub you know dub is a video communication platform. It allows you to record videos from your phone from the mobile APP from a desktop APP from a chrome extension from a website. It allows you to send that video via basically any channel, you can think of email SMS linkedin you can even upload your videos to social media YouTube and to build connections, based on that video and then best of all. There's a whole platform on the back end where you can monitor what the success of your, of your videos are and of your outreach. You can see what the analytics reporting is. Are people watching your videos? Are they clicking on your calls to action? You know, every video that gets created from the Dub mobile app or basically any of the Dub um, channels has an instantly generated landing page. And the beauty of a landing page is now you have you on, on a dedicated landing page with a specific call to action on it maybe a calendar in bed where someone can now take the action. And to me, this is the definition of putting light out there, putting energy, putting wisdom, putting information out there, and then allowing yourself to receive it from others. And that, and that two-way process is what wakes me up in the morning. It's what brings me joy. It's what brings me happiness. And frankly, now I can afford the Burton boots that I always wanted, um, you know, on my sno- for my snowboard. Investors and in Dub were our early customers. You know, we were very fortunate to. I built a prototype um, basically in my basement, bedroom, garage, closet, whatever you want to call it, whatever place you have, that's where we work. You know, <laughs> mine was a couple of different spots, but I built Dub version 1.0 in my little laboratory and um, very little sleep, um, not, a, not a great healthy time in my life, um, no exercise. Um, couple pounds overweight, uh, but I built this version 1.0 and um, we had an early launch and we, we basically offered a deep discount for early adopters that wanted to take a chance on us, which is kind of a common thing. There's a lot of different places that you can go sell your software or sell your product for a deep discount. And the reason why people do that is because you start to get your early customers from the very beginning. So we, we had a sort of a smashing success with this and we raised enough money to basically cover our seed round. So if a lot of people say that I don't know where investors are, your investors are your customers. I mean, there are so many platforms out there like Indiegogo, like Kickstarter, like AppSumo for, for software, like Groupon. I mean, any, any business that you're in, there's going to be a platform out there that will offer what you sell for a deep discount. And the 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 key here is to find something if you don't have a product yet, you can actually find one that is going to let you uh sell it without the product being built yet. So this is classic for Indiegogo or Kickstarter or any of those platforms. So this is a really good way to be able to raise funds, you know, without without actually having a product ready. Now, it's not appropriate for all of them. On some of them you have to have your product because people are going to expect to receive that very quickly after they pay for it. And if that's the case, make sure you're ready, <laughs> make sure you're ready, because if you do have some success with that, you don't want to lose your goodwill with your customers by having a slow shipping, slow service, you know, bad output, poor results, you know, a buggy product, whatever it may be. Um, make sure you're, you're ready. Um, make sure you're ready. It's big, you know, it could be big. Okay, when it comes to your customers, what are your key takeaways? about communication how do you interact with them Uh, how crucial is their feedback in your product development Uh, like evolving from a minimum valuable product to let's say version two essentially what's the significance of customers in your business you know I think in entrepreneurship there's this there's this fundamental flaw Um, that that a lot of us suffer from. And I'm qualified to say this because I suffered from this and I went through this process. And the idea is that I wanna build something to solve a problem that I have in my life. And I love this idea. I'm so passionate about this idea. And because I want this product, other people will want this product at scale. Like there will be a million people that will want this product because I want this product. Now, the the sad reality is that a lot of the times, you, you might be the only person that wants this product A and B, is willing actually to pay for this product? So you see a lot of stuff as, as seen on TV, or if you go to any of those discount stores in America, we have like Ross, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, um, Best Buy. You know, there's a section in all of these stores where there's the discounted products, and the retail price is fifty nine dollars, and now it's on sale for nine ninety nine. And the reason why that's probably the case is because. The su- the demand does not, it doesn't make sense for the supply of this product. It doesn't make sense for the profitability either. So now as a result, this product has been has been deep, the value has been decreased, the price has been decreased. And now it's not really worth anything. No one's really making money. They're just trying to save space at this point. And I think what's so important about customer listening is that the the customers out there that we either are going to have, or already have are the ones that are telling us a what they want, and b the fact that they're really willing to spend money to get it and then spend money again to get it again as a repeat customer or as a referral or as a subscriber that doesn't churn out of your system repeat revenue from customers is the indication of true validation for your product it does not just because a customer pays for it one time does not mean does not mean that they want your product it means either you're a good sales per- person you know that person or possibly they just feel sorry for you. And they just want to throw you a couple of dollars to make you go away. Now, if they come back a second time and get you money. Now, all of a sudden you've got a business. Could you share the challenges you faced while leading a remote sales team and the strategies you employed to build trust? Also, how did you manage to streamline the process? Managing an overseas team is, um, it's, it changed my life. You know, it's, it's for the better. It's, it's, it's an unbelievable thing that you can accomplish if you can incorporate different continents in your business. Um, we, you know, I'm so proud to say this, but we employ people in one, two, three, at one point we employed people in actually it's four different continents at the moment, four different continents. That's amazing. Africa. India, China, and America, and is Europe in there? I Europe, Europe has been on and off, so Europe is always is always in there because you know people in Europe. There's there's so much talent there all over the world. It's unbelievable how much talent is on this planet, specific to the region. And what's so interesting is that I've determined is that different places have different types of talent. Um, you know, developers in China very talented. I mean, look at what they did. They built TikTok. It's unbelievable right it's really unbelievable i mean in in america we have amazing developers as well in philippines you know the customer service the communication the leadership um it's it's so good i mean the, the people that people from the philippines have such a good work ethic and they're so dedicated to to being of service and um you know as a result they're very happy people if you go to the philippines or if you know a filipino person they're very happy Because they find the joy in service and helping others and because of that they receive a lot of support from others as well um you know in india india has great developers india has great um you know technologists india has great people that can also do customer service and great thinkers you know so you know we we've been sort of very fortunate to build um an international team for the company this is dub i'm talking about dub.com and and as a result you know we've had this very diverse very interesting um you know very sort of healthy balanced um team you know across the globe so i'm i feel so i feel so much gratitude for that you know i really do and i'm so thankful that that we didn't have a building with an office and everyone's just local in town and we have to hire locally and we go to the same physical place and we share our stories next to the water cool i'm so i'm so grateful that we built this virtual team and we frankly got lucky because we did it you know, well before the pandemic. So a lot of people now are living that and they're they're maybe uncomfortable and they're adapting into that. But I assure you that finding, first of all, you can minimize costs dramatically, but secondly, you can make a really healthy, balanced state of, of team members that ultimately provides the most value and ultimately brings the most happiness, not just for your customer, but for the team, which is really important. You know when people ask me um when i ask people uh, do you use video for your business um there the most common response that i get is yes we're on youtube or no we're not on youtube that's the most common response that i get and, and that makes sense to me i understand that because youtube it's the world's second largest search engine um and you know youtube is where we go watch videos for entertainment for education for everything youtube's great right however youtube is a very specific platform for a very specific use case right the way that video has now become incorporated into sales and marketing is different it's more than just youtube right now it's about video messaging sending someone a personalized asynchronous pre-recorded video via email via linkedin via sms as a campaign as a blast as a mail merge campaign um, and then communicating a message with a clear experience for that person to take the next step, to click on a call to action, to book a time in your calendar, to fill out a form, to go through your sales process. If you send someone a link, if you send someone a video to YouTube or LinkedIn or whatever the case may be, you have now sent that person to that particular social network. And now that social network is going to grab them. It's going to play a video after your video, and it's gonna be a video that they've been wanting to watch or that they, haven't completed watching yet. And it's going to grab them from you. Right. And unfortunately 99.99999% of the time, you're not going to be able to capture that traffic. You've effectively lost that traffic. Yes. You communicated your message. Yes. They got to watch a video of you, but you're probably not to get, not going to get a conversion. And a conversion is where sales and marketing happens. So the Dub platform helps you to complete this whole entire process. You can record a video, Again, on the Dub Mobile app, the Dub Chrome extension, the Dub Desktop app, the Dub website. There's integrations into Gmail, LinkedIn, hundreds of CRMs, hundreds, hundreds of mail and automation platforms so that you can record that video. Then once you send the video, now you have the ability to share it through all your channels. You can send again a mail merge, you can do it individually. And then after that, the coolest part about it is the tracking. So now you can understand, are people watching my videos? Are they clicking on the calls to action? On my dedicated Dub landing page, are they filling out a form? Are they are they engaged with my content? Like, do I have a ch- should I pick up the phone? Should I call them? Should I enter them into another automated um, email drip campaign that I created on Dub so that I can nurture them and hopefully convince them to become a customer in the future? Do can I do all that stuff? The answer is the answer is yes, you can with Dub. So I always recommend go get a free account on Dub. You know, if you don't have the budget right now. It's totally fine. We created an entire free plan, dub.com. Check it out and just get some success. We have daily trainings too. I, I don't know a lot of software companies that, that give daily live trainings. You can register for those at dub.com forward slash T as in training. Um, you know, we have a we have a whole knowledge base. We've done hundreds and hundreds of FAQ videos. So throughout the dub experience, there's a little info icon, the tooltip icon and that gives you a video training you on how to use this feature and if you don't if you can't get it yourself that's fine just meet us in the training we'll help you we're here to support i encourage people to go to dub.com, dubb.com and sign up for a free account it takes about 30 seconds to sign up for an account there's no credit card required and you can start using the, the technology in fact, what you'll notice in the Dub dashboard is an, an AI assistant for sales and marketing that we built called IRA. And IRA will help you to write your email subject lines or your email body or your video scripts or your social media captions. Um, basically, any type of copy that you need to write, you can use our AI assistant to help you write that. And then you can import that if you want to do a video for this in our teleprompter on the Dub mobile app. And then what you can do is record a video where you're actually reading from the teleprompter. And a lot of people, th- a lot of people think the teleprompters are for like newscasters or, you know, people in movies or so. It's not like that. Teleprompter can be used by anyone. Now I use a teleprompter and I've probably done 5000 videos in my life because it's so efficient. You can use the AI to help you write the script. You can read from the teleprompter. And then you can get your your story really concise, really spot on, and not have to do you know dozens of take takes on that, which is very frustrating. You know, that that causes anxiety and sometimes even depression. If you keep trying to do a video and you can't get it done, that's OK. That's normal. You know, no one was born with the the natural ability to be good at video. We all had to practice doing this. I mean, video has been only been around for a little over 100 years. It's new for everyone. So it does take practice, but you know, using AI, using the teleprompter, and using dub is really gonna help you to do that. So yeah, check it out at dub.com. 21st century entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Imagine a space where triumphs, trials, and tales of entrepreneurship come alive. Welcome to the 21st Century Entrepreneurship Podcast, a gold awarded journey hosted by Martin Piskoric, connecting with listeners in 95 countries and ranking in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. Join our exclusive community, elevate your perspective and embark on the path to success.